Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. You think you and your Hall of Fame quarterback buddy like football? Well, John Gruden and Brett Favre don't just like football. They f***ing love it. I'd like to see three... You know, nice shots in rhythm. And then maybe toward the end, if you could put a little Ooh, goose gossage steam on that. <laughs> I'd like that. to feel that. Just, I'd like to feel the wrath. Football! Football, yeah! yeah! Football! Football! Yeah! Is it possible to find two people to put in the same room that love football more than John Gruden and Brett Favre? Like, which which two people would you put in a room that love football more than John Gruden and Brett Favre? Oh, back in his hey- heyday, John Madden, for sure. Yeah. Madden loves football more than Gruden and Favre. Hmm. I think John Madden, yeah. You think you like football? John Madden doesn't just like football. He f- loves football. Have you ever seen a defensive back with a good personality that was any good? Defensive backs usually don't have nice personalities. <laughs> And linebackers don't either. I mean, linebackers, you know, they're all half goofy. You know, they got their eyes, you know, staring and looking and cross. Now, the nice guys are like this guy here, Jason Garrett. Third quarterback, wears a cap, went to Princeton. These guys like this guy here, Charles Haley. Nope. No. You always had had the feeling that, that Madden showed up to broadcast a game. With the thought of, if there's a homicide on the field, I'm not going to be that upset about it. No, I'm, I'm kind of rooting for Like, it if a linebacker way, kills wanna... a receiver, <laughs> I'm not really going to be that upset about it. Kind of want to see a limb separated yeah. from a body. And, you know, I might not look away right away. I oh. might stare at it for a little oh, while. He, oh, he would, yes. Yeah, I might might stare for a little while. So, welcome into Purple Daily. Yes. Mackie, Judd, Declan here. Presented by TCL. Enjoy more of what you love with TCL and uh, every week we try to make a trip through the YouTube comment sections. You can find our show obviously in audio form on the score North app, Apple, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, but you can also watch our ugly faces on the purple daily YouTube channel. It's all the same product. And so we, we comb through once a week and we grab some of these selected highlighted comments that we would, that we uh, would like to respond to. And some are, some are ripping us and some are more just general questions and some are praise and we appreciate those. We're going we're gonna to start with the criticisms just right off the bat here, and then we're going to get to 
we're going to get to some more uh, just general questions that we can answer. Okay? I'm sensitive. So, you guys, Be careful. You guys got your thick skin on my, here? My, Dex, you got your oh, thick skin? I, I, you can look at this body. Of course, I'm all nothing but thick. That's great. Yep. Let's go. <laughs> my my feelings right, so, get hurt easily. Go yep. ahead. All right. Charles Rex says, you guys are the most negative group of people on YouTube. Mr. Gianni says, you guys are the Vikings Karens of radio, YouTube, and podcasts. And then Blazing Purple Heels says, Mackie always crying. He probably watches a lot of Disney movies. Do you? Wait. Well, we did watch Mighty Ducks yeah. this week. What's the last Mackie line? Mackie and Judd. That I'm always crying and probably watch a lot of Disney movies. That's absolutely <laughs> I, true. I, love, I do and love Disney And that's true. Movies. What's wrong with that? Yeah, listen, I love Pixar I heave movies. Cried, I heave cried at uh, Toy Story 3. Dude, Toy Story 3 is a tearjerker. It, it, I had problems. When, when he I gives his toys back to that little girl, had, oh, my God. I had physical issues. You know, that one didn't do it for me. I didn't, I, and I, I cried a lot of movies. What? Uh, that one dude, did when, not. When the, when, when the toys are in the incinerator? Yeah. No, no, no. Are you serious? Dude? Wait, totally. when he gives those toys to yep. the little girl, yep. how do, oh, my know. God, I lost whatever reason. it. I, I, I was told I was told to get control of myself at that point. No, no, no. I uh, I have not cried. I've cried at Avengers. I've cried at superhero movies, but I have not cried at at Toy Story three. It doesn't do it. I, I definitely cried at I cried at the end of the nineteen ninety eight NFC Championship game for sure. A little thir- twelve thirteen year old Phil Mackey. Yeah, Oof, I was too rough. Old. I was too old. So, anyways, all right, so do you guys have any thoughts on the, uh, That's us it? being That's the most negative group of people on YouTube? And the Vikings, hmm. Karens. Any thoughts? I'm going to pull back the curtain and um, go allude to a conversation that we had via text last night, three of us, okay? And this is not a criticism, but there are people out there who love the Vikings, and there's nothing wrong with that, okay? It's your team. Awesome. Um, but because you are mad at them, don't be mad at us for calling them out for things that you know they're doing wrong. And I really believe that. I really believe that there are people that get very upset because and sure. and and I will I will I'll say this in defense of the people that I'm talking to. You have been brought up a lot of you and trained by a media in this town that enables how you feel, which is not a positive. So your the problem is that <laughs> like we're critical of things that make sense. Like there's no way that you can look at the at the offensive line right now and say, oh, it's fine. It, nah, it's fine. It's fine. You know it might not be fine, and it frustrates you, and you're mad. And when we call it out, you get mad at us because that anger has to go somewhere. Judd is like the sports dad that tells you to eat your broccoli, to make sure that you're getting physical activity, so stop playing video games. And um, like he's just, he's it's tough love from Judd the sports dad oh, yeah. Yeah. that I think sometimes comes off as negativity or hate. No, no and, hate. And so, I no mean, hate. sometimes when given the option between a glass of water that is filled up to the midpoint, when given the opportunity to look at that glass in one of two ways, Judd often will call that glass half empty. Mm-hmm. I would like to think that I call that glass half full. That's it. Yep, and that's so, right. and Declan's probably more of the half full. And so I feel like we have more of a balance on this. You know, do we tend to agree on certain things? And it's fine. But listen. Whether we agree, disagree, whether listeners or fans think we're negative or not, listen, this is all one big Vikings community here. Uh, this is all one big boat of Minnesota Vikings fans and yeah. people that have watched this franchise for 60 years, and we all want the same thing for the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And we yeah, welcome you. mission statement of the show. Like, like, join us, too. Mm-hmm. Like, join us, too. I, I think if you join us, 
you will realize we're not trying to rain on the parade constantly, but we are trying to get the 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 conversation in a way that goes towards what's going to be positive. Mm-hmm. Like, like if you just sit there continually and say, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, then it's going to be fine, but it's not going to be great, right? So, so like, I think if you if you do more than sample us and stick with us, I think you'll find that we also are just, in my opinion, realistic. Yeah. That's all we are. I, I would say we're the game. I am the game, JR. I mean, we are. We're the game. <laughs> I get it. I don't know if we're the game, but I mean, we are realistic. And and look, and this does this does go back one thousand percent to Sid. This is a market where some of the most powerful media influences for a long time have sided with the teams and tried to tell you that you don't know what you're talking about, and the team does, and that's not necessarily true. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of a shell shock factor. Like if you if you if you sample media from like Boston or New York or or certain like East Coast specifically Philadelphia that's negative oh. like that is over the top like sometimes below the belt media hmm. um i think it can be a little shell shocking in this market because a lot of the big figures in this market have not all of them but a lot of the big figures in this market that talk Minnesota sports and vikings or write about them in some cases again not all certainly Royce has 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 um, you know, created checks and balances and whatnot, but there's a lot of sort of play to the positive and nothing to see here type vibe. And so if we come in and maybe we're not even being negative or maybe we're just like poking at something that we think should be poked at, or maybe we're pointing out something and we're not always right. It can be a little jarring. Oh, are these guys criticizing a team? What is like, what is happening? It's like, yeah, well, not just for fun. We're doing it for the sake of we think this should happen so that they can win the Super Bowl. Just to explain mm-hmm. sort of where we come from. And if you you know if we're not your cup of tea, you know it's it's a free show and we'd like you to listen and we'd like you to consume. But obviously, like there's a million other options out there. So we appreciate the people that do consume and listen and watch on a regular basis. Uh, all right, question number two here from the YouTube comment sections. Jordan Gold says, "So I agree with a lot of what you guys say." But there's one thing that you seem to be taking as fact that I don't understand. Uh, we drafted Ezra Cleveland last year. We didn't draft him as a guard. We drafted him as a tackle. He is a left tackle. He is not a guard. We only played him at guard because the guards were terrible, right? So uh, I have to assume that the Vikings believe Cleveland is ready to take over that left tackle spot. Um, I'll answer that first real quick. I think, yeah, I think you're on to something here. I think the question is, in a year in which the Vikings would like to win as big as possible, Ezra Cleveland has never played left tackle before and so in the NFL. I know that he's played it in college. Right. And Brian O'Neill has never played it in the NFL, but he's been a successful right tackle in the NFL. So I think it's a it's a shorter leap to think that O'Neill can play left tackle in the NFL than it is for a guy who's never played tackle in the NFL to play it. That's sort of our logic. But do I think there's a good chance Ezra Cleveland starts at left tackle? Yes, I do. And he didn't so he he didn't even as far as I know practice at tackle last year. So they and we we assumed that they drafted him to replace Reef long term, but we assumed that. They didn't like definitively say he's going to back up Reef, which he didn't do. Um I believe he was getting guards in training camp, if I'm not mistaken, at maybe left and not right guard, but it was still at, at guard. So yeah, and and look. If Ezra Cleveland is playing left tackle in 2021 or or 22, I'm not going to be shocked. But I'm just saying 
that I think that there is a chance that it is going to be someone else. And I think that there's a fighting chance that they think he's a good guard, which is fine. I mean, God knows they need guards. Ezra Cleveland at right guard was their second best offensive lineman. Well, third best because Riley Reed. But like of the guys who are still here, he was the second best. Pro Football Focus had him as an above average right guard. Not spectacular, but in his first season playing an unfamiliar position on an unfamiliar side, he did very well in that. I think that adaptability and his ability to just sort of jump in and pick up that position probably does bode well for him to go back to his natural position and also thrive. So, yeah, I I don't think we're not taking it into account. I th- I think I I would just put the odds on them wanting a more a more experienced tackle to play that position that maybe not maybe isn't even on the roster right now or like a real blue chip if Sewell falls to them in the draft, like a blue chip bona fide franchise left tackle. So, mm-hmm. Uh, Sue V says, write this down. Oh my God. Kirk Cousins will die in a game this year after Dakota Dozier gets pushed into him and lands on top of him with his full weight. And then, and then Newt says, um, (laughs) one of my favorite topics to date and you nailed it. You are only, you are the only media outlet, not afraid to challenge the way the Vikings are managed. The real question is how re-signing Dozier is evolving the offensive line. And then the next topic should be. How does Rick Spielman have a job while going seven documented years of not improving the offensive line? So, yeah, I mean, these are like, let's go back to the Dakota Dozier thing for a second. Why? Like, what what is is the logic for bringing him back? And why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you remove the temptation completely by not doing it? Like, I don't want to be tempted to have you, if, if I'm Spielman, and I think that this guy is a backup. And you know what? He's okay there. Like, I like him as a person. He is a he is a potentially solid backup. Uh, but I just saw him start 16 games, and it was a disaster. Why would I want to give my coaching staff the option to say, well, he sort of knows the system. And, I mean, perhaps he's improved, right? Like, in life, what what's the key in life, especially with things that that you can become addicted to? Removing them, right? Like, if you have a problem with booze, Alcohol, out of the house. If you have a problem with smokes, you don't go buy a carton of smokes and are like, they're on top of the fridge. I'll never touch them, right? You just don't buy the smokes. It doesn't work like that. You don't go buy, you don't go bring back a dozier. You don't have him. If he's not in Egan, he can't play for the Vikings. Um, Now, I do not think that Kirk is going to die. I think that that is a very pessimistic view. Uh, I am concerned that he could get hurt, and I do believe that the protection to his blind side. 1,000% 1,000% needs to be improved. But the question of the why on Dozier, if answered truthfully, can only be answered by the Vikings, and I can't answer it. I don't know. Yeah, Dex, has your level of anger come down, Dex, in the last couple of days? Uh, with Dozier, no. God, no, no. Kyle, I, my smokes are gone. I, I need to get a new pack of smokes. It's Friday. I, I, can't, I, I can't keep doing this. I keep the smokes in the house, for God's sakes. No, um, in all seriousness, uh, it, it's, it's a bad signing, and I don't really, uh, uh, even if it's for depth, like you brought back the worst guy possible for depth. Yeah, and I kept seeing notes about, well, it's a minimum deal, don't worry about it. I was like, no, that's not the problem. I don't care what he's being paid. I care about the temptation of playing him. I think obviously they feel like, I, I, I don't feel this way, but they feel like, okay, he was terrible last year, but at least he got some experience. He knows how we operate here, and and we still think there's upside with his physical frame and but, they, they must think they must think that there's a beast to be unleashed there that can help them and that's why they brought him back they clearly like his upside 
Yeah. Or they want to brought him back, right? But yeah. he's like played I mean, six years or something. Like he's been in this I know, league he's like, for, he's, he, he's, he's not like a kid. 29. I know. Like it's there's not, not a lot of like upside. 20. He probably is who he is. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kirk Kirk Jensen says, why have I not heard any more about Orlando Brown Jr.? Are they are they waiting for draft time to potentially pull the trigger on a trade? Uh, what are your thoughts? My thought is that that is 1,000% correct, that that um, if he's going to be traded, which I think he will be, that it was not going to be a free agency time trade. It will be a draft, uh, probably like a draft night trade, first round or something like that. But the problem that the Vikings have is, and I don't blame him, so Orlando Brown Jr. wants to be moved permanently from right to left tackle, in part because if you're a left tackle, you are paid like a left tackle, which means you are highly paid. The Vikings don't have a ton of cap room, and I don't know that they have a desire to, that's the problem here, have the desire to pay him what he should get. So I think that they've got the assets to give up in a potential trade. I think that they definitely have made phone calls or know that they've made phone calls. But when it comes to the finances of what somebody is willing to pay him, I don't know that the Vikings will do it. Uh, but, yes, I do think he gets traded in in or during the draft at some point. So I think if if they think there's going to be, an, and McShay's mock had, what, seven or eight pass catchers and or quarterbacks right off the bat in the draft, if the Vikings think the draft is going to play out that way and they think one of the top two tackles, let's say they think Slater or Sewell is going to be there at 14 or at least like, maybe fall to 12 or something and you can trade up a little bit more easily, then it might make it less likely that you would pull the trigger on a trade for a guy like Orlando Brown Jr. Because, oh, we could just we could just get five years of team control with a franchise left tackle that we draft in the first round. Um, if they want to use that first round pick on a defensive position, then they need to find a solution, whether it's moving Ezra Cleveland over or, or making a trade. So I don't know. I, I, I get that the looming contract extension for Brown and for O'Neal too. You're going to have to pay both your tackles. If you make that trade that, 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 that could be a problem. But to me, that's not really as much of a problem. If those guys are really good players and they're in their mid twenties, those are the guys that you look to pay. Exactly. Like, like if I'm, if I'm, if I'm I'm deconstructing everything and saying, okay, what am I going to pay first? Well, franchise right and left tackle that are in their mid twenties is, is one in one a, and then Daniil Hunter is one B um, so I'm like I'm paying those guys first, and then it, then I'll figure out with the quarterback. Now, if Kirk Cousins was like a top five quarterback, okay, then yeah, he would be a priority to give forty or thirty or forty million dollars to. But like if if you trade for Orlando Brown Jr. and that means you need to offload that Kirk Cousins contract before 2022 to make room for your trenches guys that need to get paid, then it's an easy decision. Then you offload the contract somewhere. For you, it yeah. is. From uh, this is from Jeff Zrebeck of the Athletic, too, who covers the Ravens. Because some he did a Q and A, like what's up with the latest Orlando Brown rumors, and he listed a few t- teams. And when he talked about the Vikings, he said the Ravens and Vikings have linked up for several deals, and Minnesota has been mentioned as a possible suitor for Brown from the jump. But it's hard to see the Vikings parting with the 14th overall pick, though they don't have a second rounder. So that was from earlier this week. Yeah, there'd be a swap of some kind, I yeah. would think. You would either I don't, I don't, I, the more I think about it, if there's multiple teams involved, I don't think you're swapping first round picks. I think you're swapping your first for their second. That's just my instinct for the Ravens. Okay. Just, but you yeah, know what? I think, I think they're going to want they're going to straight up want a first round pick. The confused might be a franchise left. Tackle. I think the thing I mean, though like that we aren't taking into account here, and, and the difference between how we think and the Vikings think is their investments, aside from basically Kirk and Cook are where they're on defense. Like we think about solve the left tackle problem, no matter what you got to do. Right. Which I think is an accurate thing. 
Uh, they think, yeah, but we really could invest that in a pass-rushing defensive end. You know, that's all they think. All right, here's another one, draft related. This is from David Davis. Write this down. Whatever quarterback San Francisco drafts at number three, they will trade to Minnesota for Kirk Cousins <laughs> and extra draft picks because Kyle Shanahan loves him so much. And then Stephen Smith, I love the alliteration on these names, says, can we talk about what on earth Spielman was doing front and center watching Zach Wilson's pro day? I mean, y'all saw him too, right? Why on earth would he be there knowing that they don't have a chance in hell to get him at 14? Why would Rick Spielman be watching Zach Wilson's pro day in case he falls to 14? Um, No, no. Smoke screens? Just boredom? Boredom. And I think it goes, so so there was no combine. There, there was no central combine this year because of the pandemic. And so the pro days are the combine. And so I think that you go to as many as possible to see everybody that works out and I think potentially talk to them. The lack of a combine to me has probably driven a lot more teams to go to a lot more pro days and probably GMs just to see guys. Just to I think see, you also and, just and want it, it's a good place to talk too. Yeah, like, it's a good place to talk. I, and I, and I would say too, like you always want a database of yeah, metrics no and like the Vikings love analytics. To, well, the the front office loves. And keep analytics. in mind, pro, pro days. <laughs> Mike Zimmer always does. Pro days aren't one guy. Like it's 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 guys from that that school, the area. A lot of times, so like. It's not sexy, but if if there were five kids who w- worked out or six kids at at the pro day at which Zach Wilson worked out, you actually go to see them as well. Yeah, and listen, uh, David Davis, we love ourselves a little reckless speculation on this show, but the idea that San Fran would trade yeah. multiple future firsts Ain't happening. and then flip the three to the Vikings for Kirk Cousins—that's a really roundabout way for the Niners to just trade for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, so I think we can probably. I put that one to, to bed. So, all right. Those are comments from YouTube. We appreciate the community and the engagement and uh, and everybody's opinions, whether you love us, whether you hate us, whether you love what the Vikings are doing or hate it. Uh, we just we love being your home for daily Vikings entertainment here on Purple Daily. Mackie and Judd and Declan. Don't forget to click that subscribe button on YouTube and give us a five star rating and a positive review on Apple. We'll see you guys next time. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in.